I'm excited to speak to you in the next 30 minutes or so about something that God's put on my heart. But I want you to, um, you know, at church, sadly, sometimes you can put on a, a, a face, right? You could put on a face and pretend like everything is just uh, going well. But how many of you know that uh, sometimes we all hurt? Sometimes we all go through things. And and uh, I, I want to ask you a real question today. I want to ask you some questions. I want you to be real with yourself. You know, uh, the first uh the first thing that we have to be to, in order to change is to be real with going, what's going on in our heart. You see, God is very interested in your soul. What is your soul? It is your, your mind, your will, your emotions. How is your mind? How are your emotions? How is your desire or will? These are three quick questions before we get started. First thing, be real with yourself. Are you happy? Are you happy? Somebody's happy. Number one, are you happy? Number two, do you feel like you're succeeding? Are you succeeding? Number three, do you have peace? Be real with yourself. Do you have peace? Do you have trouble sleeping at night? Or do you have peace? I think it's important that we're... um, we're real with ourselves, especially since school's back in and life is like about to happen at a more rapid pace. I think it's important that we have a time to evaluate uh, really what's going on in our hearts because God really does care. God is not just looking for your production. God is wanting to see your heart, and he is the one that's able to heal your heart. He is concerned about your thoughts. He is concerned about your emotions. He is not a father to say, just suck it up and produce. He's a father that says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to heal you. I'm going to give you peace. I'm going to give you rest. And in the Bible, with these three things in particular, there is something that we can attain that really is the antidote for these problems. And there's something that, that God has placed in his word that teaches us something that handles all these issues. This thing, this thing takes care of your happiness. This thing takes care of your peace. This thing takes care of if you're succeeding or not. This is the main thing. What is it? We see in Proverbs 3.13, happy is the man that finds wisdom. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to get wisdom. In Ecclesiastes 10.10, it says that an axe is dull, but if you sharpen the edge, then he must use more strength, but wisdom brings success. Wisdom brings success. Proverbs 3.24, it says that with wisdom, when you lie down, you will not be afraid, and you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. How many of you want some sweet sleep? Don't you get don't you get a little envious when you see a baby just sound asleep and nothing can wake them up? God desires for us to have peace. God desires for us to have rest. God desires for us to succeed. And it all comes down to this one thing, and this is the title of my message, Get Wisdom. Get Wisdom. How many of you are all on a journey to get wisdom? And, uh, and we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about... Um, really what wisdom produces 
its characteristics, and how we attain it. And so, what is wisdom? Wisdom has nothing to do with intelligence. Thank God. Wisdom has nothing to do with how much you know. In this information age, Google, you can find anything out. You can learn. You can gain knowledge. But gaining knowledge is not wisdom. What is wisdom? Wisdom is the grace to put your understanding and knowledge into practice for the glory of God. That's what wisdom is. We all know, listen, we don't need to buy another uh, book about losing weight. You, you, uh, you, you burn more calories than, than you put in, right? We can read it all, but it, it is grace and wisdom to put things in practice. We all know financially, how do you win financially? You spend less than you make. We all know that. We all know that, but it's wisdom to be able to execute that. And wisdom is a gift from God. Wisdom is not something that you say, you know what, I can only, you know, you might say, well, I'm wise because I'm old. I've met a lot of older people that aren't wise. And I've met a lot of young people that aren't wise and are wise. How many of you know that God wants you to have wisdom to pick your spouse? God wants you to have wisdom to pick your career. God wants you to have wisdom to be able to know when to move and how to move and what move to make at a certain time in a certain place in your life. It's wisdom that's going to cause you to succeed. It's wisdom that's going to cause you to have peace. How many of you want some wisdom? Now, you might say, well, you know, I, I don't know what else to do. I mean, uh, I am where I am. And it, wisdom is a gift from God. And we're going to talk about how to attain wisdom, what wisdom is. But, but God gives wisdom to certain people, and we're going to get into that today. And we're going to start in Proverbs 8, 27 through 30. Now, Proverbs was written by Solomon. We know that Solomon is the son of David. Solomon is known to be the wisest man on the face of the earth besides Jesus. He, to walk on earth, look, kings and priests and people from all different nations would come and just sit at Solomon's feet and listen to what he has to say because God granted him wisdom. Why? There was a point in his life at 20 years old, he became a point where he knew, he came to a point where he knew he was going to take reign over Israel. And God uh, blessed him because he gave lots of sacrifices to God and, and he said, God, I want to I dedicate this land to you. And, and God spoke to him, but God spoke to Solomon and he said, Solomon, he said, whatever you want in this moment, whatever you ask for in this moment, I'm going to give it to you. And Solomon, uh, Solomon spoke up and said something that was very valuable for us to know. He said, God, give me wisdom to govern your people. Give me wisdom. He said, God, I want wisdom. Give me wisdom. A lot of the solutions to, to the problems in your life has to do with not more knowledge, not another book, but wisdom. And, and he said, God told Solomon, he said, because you didn't ask for your enemies to be destroyed and because you didn't ask for just riches and because you didn't ask for God to just make you successful, because you asked for wisdom, I'm going to give you all those things anyway. Anyway. 
How many of you know it is important that we ask for wisdoms? J- James, wisdom, wisdoms, wisdom. <laughs> James 1 says this. Let's put it on the screen if we have it. James 1 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to ask God. Who gives to all liberty, liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. How many of you know that God's just saying, hey, will you ask me? Will you ask me? Now, I want to go over Proverbs 8.27 because this is what it says, starting in, starting in verse 27. It says, and it's talking about wisdom. It says, when he prepared the heavens. I want you to just circle that word prepared. When he prepared the heavens, I, speaking of wisdom, was there. When he drew a circle, circle that uh, word drew. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep. When he established, circle that word established, the clouds above. When he strengthened, circle that word strengthened, the foundations of the deep. When he assigned to the sea its limit, circle that word assigned and limit so that the waters would not transgress his his transgress his command when he marked out the foundations of the earth then I was beside him as a master craftsman and I was daily his delight rejoicing always before him I want to give you today I want to give you six marks of wisdom six marks of wisdom how many of you know we need some wise youth in the house We need some wise children in the house because wisdom will cause you to not go uh, to places and not do things that normal people would go and do. Wisdom keeps you from uh, really destruction. And uh, this is the first thing that we have to look at. Wisdom prepares. Wisdom prepares. Proverbs 28, 19, it says, where there is no vision... The people perish. Have you ever been in a point in your life where you were just kind of winging it? Anybody? You had a, a situation, something to do, you just went, you, you were winging it. Anybody here? I'm the only one? Several of you? Yeah, because we, we tend to do that with things that we don't really have vision for. Am I right about it? I, I thought I was going to last year. I thought, you know what, I'm going to try this hunting thing by myself. I used to go with my dad all the time, and they had things always set up. And I was like, you know what, for bow se- season, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy a bow. I'm just going to go out in the woods, and I'm going to uh, hunt a deer. Well, I wasn't really thinking this through. I wasn't thinking it through because, first of all, it was way too hot. It was way too hot, and I had the wrong clothes on. I sat in the middle of the woods with mosquitoes all over me, biting me. I'm sitting in the woods and thinking, there's no deer around here. There's nothing. There's not a a trace of a deer. There's nothing here. And I realized, even if I killed a deer, what would I do with it? I don't even have a knife. I'm driving up in a sedan. You know what I mean? I'm driving. It's not like I have a pickup truck and, you know, the gun's on my right. I don't have any of that. I'm driving up in a sedan. What am I going to do if I kill a deer? I don't have a pulley. I'm going to have to call Pastor Paul. That's what I'm going to have to do. If I get in a bind and kill a deer, I'm going to have to call somebody and uh, somebody help. And in the middle of it, I, I said, you know what? I, I don't think, if I'm going to do this, I better go to academy. 
I better think this through. And I, I, I better buy an ice chest if I'm really expecting. See, when we're not expecting to do something, because I didn't really expect to kill a deer. I just was going out in the woods. When we don't expect anything, we don't prepare for it. When we don't expect God to do something, we don't get prepared. And it's important that wisdom in our life, if we're going to attain wisdom, we must be prepared. How many of you know that God prepares? You know, Rudy Giuliani, he's the mayor of, of uh, New York, and he went through tons of things in that city, uh, cleaned up crime, and he was there when 9-11 happened, and and so he's a guy that really understands structures and plans. And, and uh, he said this. He said, preparation doesn't begin with what you do. It begins with what you believe. What you receive tomorrow depends on what you believe today. If you are preparing today, chances are you will not be repairing tomorrow. How many of you know that God wants us to prepare today. You know, you've heard it say, uh, uh, believe for the best, but prepare for the worst. Preparation. Let me ask you, do you feel like you're prepared? Have you seen the end from the beginning? Maybe, maybe you don't know all the steps, but do you know where you're going? Because if you have faith in where you're going, you're going to get prepared to get there. Are you prepared? How many of you know that Jesus was prepared to go to the cross? Jesus was prepared. Down to the very second that they begin to start Passover, Jesus was getting on the cross because he symbolized the lamb that was slain. I mean, down to the very second, down to the Jewish calendar, he knew he had three years. He knew he had three years to sow into 12 disciples and mentor them and be able to set things in place because he knew that even the cross wasn't the end. He knew that he was going to be seating, sitting at the right hand of the Father. And Jesus prepared. Y'all remember? He said, go get the colt. I'm riding into the city. He said, go get a room. He said, I'm going to be there. I'm going to break bread with you. He said, get an upper room. I'm sending the Holy Spirit. It seems like the nature of God is to prepare. This thing is not just forming up and becoming just to, just to kind of God seeing what's going to happen. No, God is sovereign. He has a plan, and we are made in his image. We are made in his image. Y'all should shout about that. I'm excited that I'm made in God's image. So the same way that God was able to create and the same way that God was able to go into the future and begin to do the work that it took to get to the end, in the same way our nature has to see into the future or we're just going to be winging it. How many of you don't want to wing it? I don't think you can be successful by winging it. I don't think that you'll have peace by winging it. You know, I don't think that you'll really be happy with yourself by winging it. And the enemy would love for us and suggest to us that just stay mediocre, stay in what you're doing. Just get a job and take care of your family and don't really pray about your future. Don't plan for anything great. Just, just have peace. See, we've been beat around so much, sometimes all we want is peace. But God wants us to be prepared for the future, to be able to do great things in the earth. How many of you know that God has great things for each one of us? 
God has great things. And if God does have great things for you, Jeremiah says, I know the plans that I have for you. They're of good. God has a plan for you. Even those that are retired, God has a plan for you. It's not over. It's the beginning. There is a beginning. If you have breath in your lungs, God has a great plan for you. And it's important, like in Proverbs, it says, those without vision begin to lose restraint. Meaning, you get off. You get off. You don't really hit the mark. Why? Because there's no prophetic vision. You might not have a sin problem. You might have a vision problem. You might not have an addiction problem. You might have a vision problem. I guarantee you, you get a vision, you're going to begin to uh, forget about those things that keep tripping you up, and you're going to run with endurance, and you're going to begin to step into that that God has given you. Listen, you say, well, you know, I'm only in high school. I'm only in high school. Guess what? This is the main time for you to get wisdom. Because if you're thinking ahead right now, you're going to be ahead of the rest. Don't think, well, you know, I just don't even need to think about it. No, God wants you to have wisdom. If you're in college, you say, well, I'm just getting a general degree. That's good and all, but hook up with God and get God's plan for your life. It's going to keep you from places that you don't need to be. And so, and, and if you are in a place where you've had the same job, you, 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 um, you're, you're satisfied. I'm not saying to change your job. I'm not saying any of that. But I'm saying God has things for you to go to the next level. You know, we, we, like, we like the comfort zone. We like the place where we're comfortable. We know what we're doing and how to do it. God wants us to get us out of that and begin to show himself real in us because people are going to look at you and say, there's no way they could have done that without God. There's no way that they could have done that without him. And so, Number one is wisdom prepares. Wisdom prepares. Number two, wisdom draws out. Wisdom draws out. Let me ask you a question. Um, what day, what day do you clean your car? Some of you are like, I don't have a day to clean my car. <laughs> what day, what day and what time do you uh, get some exercise in? Now, let me ask you this question because we'll, we'll know this, the answer to this question. What time do you go to work or school? We all know that. And we're all consistent with that on the most part. Why? Because we're only consistent in the things that are in our schedule. So if you want to be successful and succeed or on the track to success, the Bible says that you got to begin to draw out a plan. God drew it out. What's the plan? What's your goals? What are your goals? You say, well, you know, I don't really make goals because I get disappointed. Listen, if you're not aiming at anything, you're going to hit nothing. You might as well shoot for the stars and hit the clouds. Amen? What are your goals in this season when life is getting busy and kids are going back to school and, and things are getting hectic? Uh, it's important that we're prepared and we're drawing out the plan. What's the plan? You know how you begin to find the plan? You begin to, you begin to delight yourself in God and he begins to give you desires. He begins to give you certain desires. You think it's just a, 
a flippant desire. See, I, I go to different cities, and for some reason, every time I see a, a vacant place, I'm thinking, we need to have a church here. I'm, 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 I'm thinking like, man, we need to, we need, I'm always thinking that. Why? Because God put that in me. You go to a place, and you say, man, they really need to change this in the government. You go to a business, and you say, you know what? They really need to restructure this. You think you're just kind of built that way just to be that way, but God has given you, to, given you desires to begin to produce some plans, to begin to succeed and do great things for him. Do y'all believe that? And so I have a question. When do you do the things that you're supposed to do? If you don't have a time to clean your car, chances are it's going to be dirty a lot. If you're just waiting for it to get dirty to clean it, chances are it's going to, see, a schedule is important. This is not something that we like hoop and holler about like, woo, yeah, let's have a schedule because it's not fun. Scheduling is not fun. Planning is not fun. How many of you love to go on vacation? How many of you hate to be uh, planning every second of your vacation? But how many of you know that vacation is vacation? But life, we need to know where we're going, what we're doing, and what we're doing in that moment. How many of you know that dead areas in your life, dead space in your life, is dangerous for the enemy to come in? So young people, you, go, you get off of school at 3 o'clock, what you doing after that? What are you doing after 3 o'clock? Because God wants us to have a plan and a schedule to begin. Because how many of you know that life can be like uh, spinning a whole bunch of different plates? One of them, they're going to fall. One of them's going to fall if we don't plan. You know what Habakkuk says, 2-2, Habakkuk 2-2 says, write the vision down and make it plain. Write the vision down and make it plain so that others read it and they can run with it. Let me ask you, let me ask you, have you wrote the plan down for your life? If you say, yeah, I, I wrote it down like five years ago, but I forgot it, then you need, to write a new, you need to write a new plan. Write the plan down. Write the vision down. Don't you love that God gives us wisdom? God gives us wisdom and says, okay, this is your vision. Now, what's your plan? What's your goals? What's your schedule? Don't you love it when you talk to somebody and you say, hey, we need to really hang out? And you're like, yeah, man, let's hang out. And, and you know it's real when somebody says, like, hey, how about Tuesday at 12 o'clock? If they don't say it's Tuesday at 12 o'clock, then you know it's not really going to happen. Because things don't happen that we don't put in our schedule. Things don't happen if we don't make goals. We're going nowhere. I want to read this. John Maxwell says this. It says, what separates motivated people from all others? It says, the answer is that he has goals. What separates people from all the others? The answer is that he has goals. It says, on the success journey, the goals you set become your route. The goals you set become your route. What are the goals? Some of you are thinking, man, I got some work to do. Good. Get Write it down. Make it plain. Begin to write out the plans that God has. What are your goals? What are your goals? What are your goals for yourself? What are your goals for your family? What are your goals for your occupation? Some of you are like, I don't really, you know, uh, I've been disappointed and I'm not trying to go for another promotion or I'm not trying to go. No, what are your goals? What are your goals in your marriage? If you don't have them written down, they're not going to happen. Can I get an amen? Look at your neighbor and say, write it down. Because this is wisdom. 
How many of you know that Elijah was in a bad place? Elijah was in a place where um, he began to confront Jezebel. Jezebel was a bad woman. Jezebel was bad news. Jezebel was a manipulator. Jezebel was someone that tried to get the whole nation of Israel to turn away from God and begin to worship Baal. Jezebel is prevalent today as well. Jezebel's in the earth today to try to manipulate, get your eyes off of God, get your eyes off the prize, and, and begin to cause you to compromise so that you don't really do the plan of God in your life. And Elijah was in a point, he was at a point where he made his God known by calling down fire from heaven. And the other prophets of Baal, they couldn't do it. And he faced a little intimidation because Jezebel said, now I'm going to kill you. Now this is a guy that was calling down fire. This was a guy that the supernatural was happening. And all of a sudden, he begins to run with his tail in between his legs off to the mountains. Elijah finds himself in a cave. Have you ever found yourself in a dark place? He finds himself in a cave. He finds himself discouraged. He finds himself in a place where he wants to give up. Have you ever been there? I think if you've never been there, you probably haven't lived. You know, we all have found a place in our life where we're like, man, this feels dark. Man, I, I, I thought I was going towards something, but, but I hit a roadblock. You know, the Bible says that, that a rain came and, and God wasn't in, it wasn't in the storm. And an earthquake came and God wasn't in the earthquake. And a fire came and God wasn't in the fire. See, a lot of times we try to find what we're, need, what we're needing to do with God by some kind of sign. You know, God doesn't work like a, um, like, what are those things that you find in the newspaper that, like astrology and horoscopes. God doesn't, God doesn't work like that. Well, this is my son, or a black cat walked that way, so that must mean, no, God doesn't work like that. When did Elijah hear God? He heard God by a still, small voice. And we can look and say, well, you know what, there's opposition here, so I must not go that route. No, no, no. You might need to go that route. Well, there, there's, a, there's a block here, so I don't need to, you know, and we're trying to find God in so many things that God is saying, hey, just listen to me. See, God wants to be involved in your plans. And what does he tell Elijah? What does he tell Elijah? He says, this is the plan that I have for you. See, because Elijah was at the point that he was ready to commit suicide. He didn't want to live. He had no purpose. He had no vision. And what did God say? He said, let me give you a plan. Let me give you a plan. I want you to anoint Jehu, and he's going to begin to drive out all those people that serve Baal. And I want you to anoint Elisha, and he's going to begin to drive out. He's going to be the king of Israel. He began to give him a plan, and Elijah rose up and began to destroy the enemy. How many of you know that God wants to give you a plan? And he wants to give you a plan but with a still, small voice. See, before you write out your plan, ask Holy Spirit to begin to guide you. He will. He'll give you an idea. He'll give you a thought. He'll give you a desire. But instead of just saying, you know what, i got a type A personality, I'm going to write everything down. Stop and say, Holy Spirit, what is the plan that you have for my life? What direction do I need to go? God has placed so many gifts, so many talents, so many abilities, and we just keep them locked up and we don't really work them. 
And in a small town, in a small area, the, the mentality can be, just take it easy, man. We live in the big easy, close to it. Just take it easy. Don't worry about it. Don't think about it. How many of you know that the church has to be the reciprocal of the world? The church has to be opposite of the world. And if there's something in you that says, I don't feel motivated, I don't really care, you got to get with God and he's got to give you some goals. Because you're not going anywhere unless you see where God wants to bring you. See, God doesn't just want to bring you to that job. God doesn't want to just bring you to that spouse. God doesn't want you to just have a family. God has a great purpose to multiply his nature in the earth. He's got, he wants you to have all these desires, but you're going to begin to do great things for him. How many of you believe that? How many of you say, you know what, I'm going to begin to write some things down. I'm going to begin to see the future. Listen, if you have a business, you've got to write it down. If you have a, if you have, if you have a family, you've got to write things down. Listen, I have three kids. And I'm always trying to juggle to see when I'm going to spend time with them. You should spend at least 15, time, 15, time, 15 minutes with your kids a day, each one of them. You should spend time with them, listen to them. Am I right about it? But, you know, and you should take one of them and spend time with one of them because, you know, one might be feeling left out. It's important. Am I right that this is important? But guess what? You'll never really do it, and you'll only do it when it seems like it's too late or there's problems that's occurring, you're like, oh, man, they're having some issues. I need to have a date night. No, we need to have be prepared and put it on the schedule. This is when I spend time. This is when I hang out. Because if we just wait, you know how it is. If you just wait to cut the grass, it's not going to get cut. Am I right about it? If you wait to clean the car, it's always going to, listen, let's stop playing catch up with life and let's begin to get prepared. Let's begin to write things down. You say, well, that's not very fun. Yeah, but it's what causes us to succeed. Have you ever tried to, like, forget about all the problems at home and just go to sleep and can't go to sleep? Oh, the dishes are, are, are a mess. Uh, you got laundry to do. The, the grass is up to your earlobes. You know what I mean? Uh, you're not sleeping well at night. And you say, well, you know, it's because I'm working for the ministry so much. Wrong. You know, it's because I'm so busy with, uh, with the God thing. God is an excellent God. Now, I'm not claiming to be a master of excellence, but I'm definitely trying to go that route. How many of you want to go that route? See, it, it takes, it takes some, some saying, you know what, I'm getting alone. I'm going to do this thing. I'm not going to be mediocre. I'm not going to be ordinary. I'm not going to be average. I'm going to begin to go towards that thing that God called me to do. The third thing, the third thing, and we're going to, man, we're going to close in a few minutes. Third thing, wisdom establishes. This means that establishes means that makes some things permanent. See, we can write some things down, we can put it in our calendar, but we have to do it. Make it permanent. Look at your neighbor and say, make it permanent. Write that thing down with permanent marker and say, I'm going after it. My favorite slogan is a Nike slogan, just do it. You've been talking about doing it, don't wait for tomorrow, do it. I'm going to get on a workout plan next month. Do it now. Just do it. Well, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to begin to start that job next year. Start learning about it now. Am I right about it? Make it permanent. Make it something that sticks. Don't just talk about it. 
do it. I love when the Bible says that Jesus set his face like flint to the city because he knew that he was going to give, give his life. You got to set it. You got to draw the line because really, if you're waiting on a moment, the moment's going to pass you by. If you're waiting for somebody to push you out and for things to just happen. See, that's the problem with us Christians. We're waiting for God to do something when he's already put the goods inside of us to get it done. And, and so for our lives, it's important that we say, you know what, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to put it down and I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Look at your neighbor and say, you just do it. Number four is this. We can start to play. Number four is wisdom strengthens. Wisdom strengthens. How do you get strong in your wisdom? How do you get strong? Proverbs 4, 7 says, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom and all you do, all you're getting, get understanding. Say understanding. See, we all know that writing the goals down, putting schedules down, that's half the battle. Things are going to come up. Things are going to come up. There's something that we all have in common. We all have a butt. <laughs> and the problem is we all have butts that get in the way of our future. Yeah, I'm going to do it, but, you know, I was going to start that, but, you know. And God wants us to begin to get strengthened. How do we get strengthened? Find somebody that's ahead of you. Talk to them. Ask them some questions. Sometimes we got to get out of our atmosphere and look at some things that are excellent. Don't you love it when you go somewhere that things are done right? It makes you feel different. It makes you feel like, man, this is, this is right. Get away from your environment and find some things that are excellent. Read some books. Leaders are readers. Get some understanding. Get, get to a place where you're at. Tell somebody that is somewhere that you want to be. Say, listen, I want to pay for your meal. Can I just take you out to eat and talk to you? Ask them questions. This is how we begin to get strengthened. Because, listen, there is a time that's coming that you're going to make a decision whether you're going to follow through or not. And just like the Navy SEALs, they get put through torture. Why? Because they know the fight is coming. And God wants you to be trained and ready. See, we can't allow negative thoughts in our mind. Am I right about it? We can't allow this thinking of, of negativity. We can't allow it. We have to be sharp and we have to be strengthened in our mind. You know, it's very it's well known that, that if you own apartment complexes, say you own 100 of them, and 80 of them, 80 of the occupants are... Um, are like people that, that don't, uh, you know, that are drug dealers and people that are, uh, you know, not having any, go there's a, if 80% of them are people that are like troublemakers and people that really don't have a place to go in their life, how many of you know that it's going to drive off the 20%? And it's the same thing in your brain. You can't allow negativity and doubts and unbelief to begin to crowd you because it's going to drive away all the positive and all the words that God has put in your life. You got to begin to say, I'm going to occupy, I'm going to begin to fill this space with the right thing. Come on, we have to be strengthened because there's going to be a day when you're going to feel like giving up. But you're going to say, you know what, I'm in training right now. I'm in training. I'm learning. I'm, I'm, I'm not just being... Uh, 
mediocre. I'm, I'm finding out. I'm, I'm searching out. How many of you know that you need to search out wisdom? Number five. Number five. Wisdom assigns limits. Wisdom assigns limits. How many of you know if we don't have our priorities in line, then something is going to get off? Wisdom assigns limits. It's able to say no to this and yes to this. You'll never meet a successful person that doesn't know how to say no. Because something's going to come up to distract you, but you got to know in your heart, what are your real priorities? And, you know, we try to manage finances. We try to manage, uh, you know, family and all that. But you know what management we need to get down? We all do. We need to get down something that's very precious. It's called time management. We have to begin to manage our time because we only have so much of it on this earth. How many of you know we need to be ready? Jesus can come back at a blink of the eye. We need to be ready. And we have to, we have to begin to know. You know, there was, a, there was something that impacted me. I, I, uh, when I was in college, I was far away from God. And uh, I remember I told my parents, I said, I'm going to come to service. I'm going to come to service. And so I came, but I was like 30 minutes late. And I was just sitting there, and my dad was like, um, son, you're, like, really late. And I was like, I know, I don't have a watch. He said, you don't have a watch? And I was like, no, I don't, I don't really have a watch. I just kind of, you know what he did? He, has a, he had a very nice watch. He took the watch off of his arm that was way above my price range. He said, put on this watch. And something impacted me in that moment. I didn't have it all together. I was still running. But every time I look at that watch, I thought, this is excellence. And he's been very successful. And every time, I keep this watch around all the time because, because God wants you to know that it's very important that you become excellent, that your time is important. He's an excellent God, and you're made in his image. How many of you know that we need to strive for excellence. We need to be able to assign. We need to know what time it is. We have to say, I, I can do this now. I can't do that now. Am I right about it? And we're going to close on this. Wisdom marks out. Wisdom marks out. You got to make your mark. You got to take ownership. You got to take ownership. Are y'all okay? You got to take ownership, man. It marks out, marks out, this is the territory that God gave me. What has God given you? Be a good steward of it. Come on, somebody. Don't want the, don't want the next car when you haven't changed the oil in the one you got. Be a good steward of what you got. And God is working on all of us because we got a lot of stuff to do. We got a lot of stuff that needs to get done. But guess what? We have to start now. Maybe you're not where you need to be, but when you begin to line things up, you begin to mark it out. See, because at the end of the day, God's going to say, what did you do with the thing that I gave you? Some of you can sing. You need to get on stage. You said, I'm scared. Join the club. 
You need to get on and say, some of you can teach. Begin to teach. Some of you can counsel. Begin to counsel. There are gifts inside of you God wants you to begin to use for him. Am I right about it? You know, you say, okay, I know all these things. I know, I know about wisdom. But how do I put it into practice? How do I really get it? And we're going to close on this. Proverbs 9.10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. This doesn't mean to be scared of God. This means that you humble yourself and you acknowledge God. So the fear of the Lord says that I humble myself and God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Who is God distributing wisdom to? It's those that are humble that say, God, I need you like Solomon. I can't do it on my own. I need you. I pray for wisdom. James says, pray and ask God for wisdom. How many of you believe that we pray today and ask God for wisdom and God's going to begin to pour out wisdom? It doesn't matter your background. I love the story. I'm going to end with this, I promise. I love the story of Rahab. Rahab didn't have a very noble occupation. She was a prostitute. I wouldn't say that was uh, very wise. <laughs> and this, this lady actually had the, enough wisdom to say, you know what, I know the Israelites are spying out this land. I'm going to hide them in my house and I'm going to make a deal with them. That when they begin to to destroy the land, that I'm going to put a threat out, I'm going to make a deal with them, that I will harbor them as long as they will save my family. Did you know that her faith, her faith caused her to be in the hall of fame of faith in the Bible? Hebrews 11 talks about this prostitute. Did you know that because of the wisdom that God gave her, through her bloodline, Jesus was born? Through her very bloodline, Jesus came from her. It doesn't matter your past. It doesn't matter where you are. God is saying, I can deposit wisdom right now where you are, and I'm going to begin to turn it around, but all you need is wisdom. Come on, if you say, I need wisdom today, I just want you to stand up right where you are. And I'm going to pray for you, and you're going to come into faith. If you say, you know what, I've, I've noticed I've let fears get in the way. I've let excuses get in the way. I've let life get in the way. And I've noticed that I haven't been a great steward of what God's given me. If that's you today, I want you to just say this with me. Say, Jesus, I turn away from my mediocrity. I turn away from not using or taking care of what you've given me. I repent. Now, Lord, I humble myself and I say, give me wisdom. Come on, right where you are, just lift your hands and ask the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom. Right now, the Holy Spirit's going to begin to show you how to take some time out and begin to write things down. This is the time you're going to do it. 
This is when you're going to do it. The Holy Spirit right now is going to show you a time to begin to write things down and begin to plan. I want you to make up in your heart right now. If you're making up your heart, you're going to begin to step into wisdom. Lift up your hands, and I want you to make a commitment with God and say, God, I'll meet you there. I'll meet you there. In that place, in that time, I'll meet you there. And I believe right now that the Holy Spirit is going to begin to lead you and guide you. I bond confusion in the mighty name of Jesus. I bond a spirit of poverty in the mighty name of Jesus. And I thank you. I thank you, Lord, that you are taking the blinders off and you are showing us our future. You are showing us the plan. You're causing it to be permanent. You're causing us to begin to say yes and to the right things and no to the right things, God. Cause us to be great. And right where you are, right where you are, I believe that God is breaking chains even right now. God is breaking doubts even right now. Some of you, God says, listen, quit calling yourself dumb. Quit calling yourself not smart. You have the mind of God. Quit saying that you're poor. No, he is so rich in mercy that he shed his blood for you. The enemy came to kill, steal, and destroy, but he came that you would have life and life abundantly. I'll always have a financial problem. No, get that out of the the space of your mind and begin to say, no, no, no. I'm going to begin to believe that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Come on, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Come on, right now God is giving you ideas. He's giving you plans. He's giving you things that you need to do. Lord, I pray for everybody in here, and I plead the blood of Jesus over them right now, God. And I pray, Lord, that you protect them. And as they go, Lord, let them operate in wisdom. Let them operate in truth, God, and cause them to be successful, Cause them to have peace and cause them to have great joy in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, if you believe it, give God a hand. Come on, if you believe it, give God a shout. Awesome. Hug your neighbor and say, I'm getting wisdom. I'll see you this week in our life groups.